and deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fires from freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? It is May 4th, 2023. It's Star Wars Day, so may the 4th, of course, be with you. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit of Star Wars tonight, at least for a little bit, at least for a little bit. Um, welcome to another CloverTac podcast powered by our good friends over at MTM Case Guard. So make sure that you uh, check them out on social media. Obviously, go over on mtmcase-guard.com. Uh, check out all the cool stuff that they have over there. You know you need things to hold down ammo. You know you need things for camping and prepping and all types of other things. And uh, they've got it from shooting sports to uh, archery to camping. Uh, they've got all types of uh, storage, rests, tables, you name it. It's there. And if you do partake while you're there, you can save 10% with uh, code CloverTax. So go check them out. We've got Kyle with Anderson. Waiting patiently back in the green room. Going to bring him in in a little bit. Again, probably talk a little Star Wars and then uh, talk a whole lot, hopefully, about uh, Anderson. Talk about the uh, new handguns. Talk about some of the new rifle lines coming out. The old school rifles and all the other cool stuff that they're uh, doing over there and have been doing over there for quite a few years uh, at Anderson. But I also want to say thanks to uh, the channel members. we got Dangerous Freedom who is the newest channel member I noticed a couple of days ago. So I want to welcome them to the uh, family over with the YouTube channel members. Thanks to the Patreon patrons. Thanks to those at Super Chat, Super Thanks, and Shop, clovertech.com slash shop. And as always, proud to be uh, a member of the Professional Outdoor Media Association, POMA, as well as Firearms Radio Network and the new a rapid fire radio network brought to the world by, of course, Cape Gunworks. So be sure you uh, check out Cape Gunworks and tell them thank you for that. Let me get into the comments. Remember that if you are joining this live as we move forward, if you have questions, whatever, then uh, throw them out there in the chat. And we'll try to get to them. We won't derail the conversation. I'll flag them, though. We'll get to them. And if you're in replay, uh, there's probably a comment section down below. And uh, the conversation doesn't have to stop. You can jump down in that comment section and, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Let's get Kyle in here. What's happening, brother? Hey, Clover. How you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Happy Star Wars Day. Hey, may the 4th be with you. And thanks for having me on, Clover. <laughs> you bet, man. You jumped on this date. You jumped I did. On it. Uh, and that was cool. I, I In scheduling... I'd put it out to, I don't even know, I had, I think I reached out to about 30 guests. We ended up with 22, I think, that we put on the schedule, something like that. Uh, and you were the only one that caught that. I didn't even catch that, that May the 4th was uh, was one of the dates. I didn't even catch it. You caught it, and you're like, oh, we got to do that. And I'm like, well, there you go. It's open. Let's do it. Um, so since you, you picked that date, um, Star Wars fan, I presume. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, favorite movie of the franchise? Uh, Return of the Jedi. I mean, really? Yeah. You're a Jim Henson fan. Then, yes. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. From That's day okay. one. <laughs> That's okay. 
Um, yeah, if I'm going to do Jim Henson, I, I'm probably going to go Muppets, honestly. But, you know, <laughs> I'm an Empire guy. Um, you know, they brought Yoda in. They brought uh, Boba Fett, obviously, uh, in. So, you know, that was kind of cool. Uh, Cloud City, we had we had, we had had Lando. Man, it was just an introduction of so of so many things, and of course, you know, Luke, I'm your father, and all that that big stuff, right? Um, pretty pretty darn cool. Um, worst, what's the worst? Would you say? Man, um, the worst one probably episode one. Yeah, I think <laughs> that's I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Phantom Turd. Uh, you could call it pretty much. Uh, there's some there's some parts in the first one that are not bad, but the first three in general. I think the third probably is the best of the of those three of that trilogy. But uh, hey, yeah, that, that first one it's it's rough. Skip it if you've never watched Star Wars before. Skip it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, now the more modern stuff, like not the original trilogy not just the prequel trilogy but since then have you got a favorite of those including the offshoots it doesn't have to be just the star wars themselves um i've started watching the mandalorian just time constraints i haven't been able to like really watch it fully in depth or finish it um but i'm really liking the mandalorian so far i'm only on like episode four right now but ah okay okay I'll I'll, t- I'll say that's probably one of my favorite of the, like the new era. Um, the movies aren't bad either. It's just hard to get into, I yeah. guess for me. But yeah, uh, now one of the mods out there they need to ban Chicago Mike. He said a New Hope was the worst. That's the original Star Wars, and yeah, no way, no way the original <laughs> is the worst. No way. If you I say the if you it. say the original was the worst, you have not watched the prequels. It's, it's, that's the only way and you haven't watched the latest ones either i would say um <laughs> now i you know for me I, you know as far as the movie line goes now mandalorian pretty good uh, i was on board with boba fett as well uh, as far as the tv series with those um i think boba fett took a turn kind of a little bit of a spoiler alert not much but um there was some things they did with boba fett the, the TV series, the series that they should have waited and done that. I think in season three of the Mandalorian, instead of jamming that into, to, it didn't make any sense to do that in Boba Fett to me. Um, but as far as the, the films, as far as the, the movies go, I'm not a big fan of any of the, the actual star Wars, the, the, the uh, sequels, but rogue one, I really dug rogue one. And if you haven't seen Rogue One, the last, what, five minutes or so, <laughs> you've got to at least watch it for the last five minutes. Especially if you're a Darth Vader fan, you have to do that uh, without a doubt. So uh, just freaking amazing. Um, now, are you old enough? I don't know if you, I did, I don't know. Are you old enough to have watched the original in the theater? No. No. Okay. Okay. Which was the first one you watched in the theater? Do you remember? I do. Um, the Jar Jar Binks. 
Okay, so Phantom, the, that's the first one. That's the yeah. Phantom Menace. Oh, man. Now, did you know about Star Wars prior to that? I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, my, my family's just big into Star Wars. I, gotcha. I'm not half as big as like my, the rest of my family is, but right. being exposed to it my entire life. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> They were collecting uh, the Pepsi cans and everything leading uh, up to okay. the movie and all that. So. Okay. Um, for me, uh, Empire was the I did I was too young. I was probably I've never asked this question. I was probably in the movie theater for the first one, but I was too young to remember it. So so definitely Empire was the the one I remember. Uh, but I have seen. There are some movie theaters, and especially today and tomorrow being Revenge of the Fifth, by the way. Um, there are some movie theaters that will play the Star Wars films uh, on those nights or whatever. So if you're out there and you, you have a chance and you have maybe you're, you're young or whatever, and you haven't had a chance to watch any of the, especially the first three. Uh, and when I say first three, I mean in New Hope, Empire, and Jedi. Uh, if you haven't had the opportunity to watch those on the big screen, pretty cool. I mean, the Death Star run at the end of New Hope on a big screen, pretty awesome. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, uh, you know, go check those out. So, I have seen those. I've been to some midnight midnight showings when they do, uh, that sort of thing, when the new ones come out. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know that I'm uh, – I don't know that I'm as big of a fan as a lot of folks think I am or maybe – I don't know. Maybe I've just – Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I am, and I just don't want to admit it. I don't know. Uh, Obi-Wan out there, he says, uh, the backup to my lightsaber is an Anderson AR. So that's that's valid. That's valid. We'll take that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, with that, let's jump into, uh, let's jump into Anderson. Uh, great segue there from Obi-Wan Kenobi. So thanks for that. Um Give people a rundown. If we've got people coming in, they, they, they crawled out of their rock and they've come into this podcast and they have no idea when we say Anderson, what we're talking about. Uh, give folks a rundown. Uh, who, you, who are you guys? What do you guys do? Just real quick. Um, we're Anderson Manufacturing. We're out of Hebron, Kentucky. Um, we're well known for our 100% United States made um, Anderson rifles, parts, and components. Um mainly dealt deal with um low receivers is what our trademark is um but we do everything from lowers uppers barrels um you name it for an ar platform we make it um and just recently last october we started getting into the handgun game so um our new handguns the kyger 9c and the kyger 9c pro and we're looking to expand on that um handgun lineup as well and in the future we're looking to get into the bolt action game. Um, we've been manufacturing for um, doing some OEM work for other companies for a little bit now. And we decided to um, kind of engineer our own action and get that up and running too. So be looking out for that in August timeframe. But yeah. Now with, with the ARs, um, you know, people talk about the modularity, obviously of the AR uh, as a manufacturer, have you've, guys found it difficult over the years to innovate to be able to come up with new things and different things uh or is it is it pretty easy uh it's definitely not easy clover um being innovative especially in a market like the ar market um i mean you name it you probably have an ar um maker around you somewhere mm -hmm. um 
so being on the on the edge of things and being innovative and like changing it up, making it different, um, that part gets difficult. But uh, we take a lot of pride in what we do, and we we truly love what we do. We I enjoy coming to work every day. I love it. Um, the job doesn't get much better than this. I work at a at a manufacturer. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, staying on on the edge of things and then kind of being innovative and being different than everybody else is very difficult, especially in the market. Um, it's just I hate to say it because it sounds cliche, but it's kind of a flooded market. Yeah, right. So, um, a, lot of, a lot of minds, a lot of great talent in this industry. Yeah, and I think we can um, I think we can thank Obama for that a little bit. Uh, we oh, yeah. can thank the tragedy at Sandy Hook for that a little bit. <laughs> And uh, the run on the market, honestly, uh, you know, the 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 market kind of regulates itself. We all know this. I mean, you know, capitalism, right? Free market system. Um, and, you know, when that flurry of events happened in 2013, uh, man, it's just the AR stuff. I mean, I've been around AR since pre-man, you know, Clinton era, you know, stuff. And you know it's just i've seen them but not like nowadays like nowadays you go into you know big box store you know your local gun shop maybe just kind of depending on what kind of gun shop it is but you know definitely you know some of the big box stores and things like that and just racks upon racks upon racks right of uh of ar we'll just say ar style because that encompasses a lot of different things whether you're talking ar9 ar10 ar15 um and i remember a time when it wasn't like that <laughs> You know, it was like very rarely did you see something like an AR-15 on the shelf of a gun shop. Uh, not that they couldn't order you one. Um, but, you know, unless it was a Colt, you know, you had Colt, DPMS, Bushmaster, Rock River, Yankee Hill. I mean, a few players in there as far as manufacturers. Uh, but then 2013 hit and I think anybody and everybody, right, with a with a CNC machine, with a lathe, with a, you know, uh, a mill, with those sorts of things, started started cranking them out. Uh, whether you're talking about uh, accessories, right, rails and, and things like that, or you're talking about uh, barrels and, and just the complete rifles themselves. So um, now did Anderson come along before or after 2013? Um, before. Okay. We actually, we actually date all the way back to 1950, believe it or not. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Not in the AR game the entire time. We start off as a tool and die shop. Right. Okay. And uh, and that's pretty cool because when you are, I always say like the best gunsmiths are machinists. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Uh, and engineers, like engineers, can get thrown in there as well. Um, if you and if you've got that combination, man, you've got gold. So with um. Talking about, you know, trends and keeping up with things. Like right now, what is the hot thing with ARs? So, like, what are you guys really focusing on? Like, hey, we've got to get this right because if we don't, we're not going to sell another rifle. Um, right now, the trend of the market appears to be kind of classic firearms or, uh, I guess, retro ARs for us specifically. Right. Um, so, as you've seen at NRAM, um, we had the Dissipator out there. Yep. Um, we've got an entire a four line going and, um, you know, it doesn't just stop with the retro either. Um, a lot of people are just looking for something different out there. 
So I think the Cerakote line for us is really helping. Um, that way, you know, people get a limited edition, limited run Cerakote, and it's out there, and it's not your typical black rifle. Right. Um, so we're looking to get innovative with that as well. Now, elaborating on the Cerakote service a little more, uh, obviously you've got the monthly, you know, the limited releases every month. Um, outside of that, is the custom shop pretty open, pretty much open to any anybody's suggestion, any ideas that they have, or are you guys fairly limited in what you can do? How does how does that work if somebody was out there that had an idea in their mind and thought, well, I'm gonna, I want an Anderson, but I want it to look just like this. Well, uh, to be honest with you, Clover, and I mean, obviously we won't be able to do it for everybody, but if you just talk to one of our sales members and you tell them what they want, mm-hmm. we can, we can make that happen. Well, obviously the cash talks. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's know, right. <laughs> uh, you know, custom, custom Cerakote is not going to be the same price as the, you know, the baseline stock rifle. So for sure. Um, as far as furniture, as far as the, the furniture and accessories and other things, uh, I, I think you told me in NRAM, you guys make the uh, make the handguards in house, right? That's correct. Okay. And has that been going on for a while, or was that farmed out at some point, or do you do you even know? Um, the handguards we've been making ever since I've been here. Okay. Um, we don't make anything plastic handguard right. wise, um, but our M lock, anything that's aluminum, um, we we do it right here in house. Basically, anything metal, uh, other than maybe small parts. I'm assuming you guys probably have a supplier for those in bulk or something like that right yeah we'll shop out like small springs and yeah. and stuff like that but. yeah that stuff's too tedious man for <laughs> shops to do like I, every every manufacturer i've ever had on we ask those ask those questions and like screws bolts screws springs you know things like that detents they're like yeah we don't do those like it's it's not worth our time you know there's companies that that's all they do all day every day is crank out those springs and so everybody pretty much gets their springs from that one place that's all they do they can make a living doing that and hey help us make a living by not having to do that you know correct (laughs) um so i guess you guys the ar-15 platform was first right for for anderson correct yes yeah. And then and then did you deviate? Did you guys deviate into the AR-10 stuff before the pistol caliber or have I got that backwards? No. Yeah, we 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 got in the AR-10 um, before we got into like AR-9s and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. right. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the generation one of our of our AR-10 did not go very smooth. So that's why we oh, lost. really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What uh, uh, and it, what happened? It's just a little, I guess, growing pains is what oh, okay. I would call it. It's yeah. just a new, it was a new platform to us. Um, and we just had a lot of compatibility issues. Right. Um, not that it, not that our AR, AM10s didn't work in our first generation, but they weren't compatible with other parts and components. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, in the AR10 world, there's no really like mil spec standard out there. Correct. Um, yeah. so, so you got to pick, you know, usually you got to pick like DPMS standard or something like that. So yeah, you've got basically armor light and DPMS. Correct. And then you've got one off variations depending on the company that's build it, building it, right? Like some people will take, or some companies, I want to say people, some companies will take that DPMS or armor light 
pattern and then they'll tweak it a little bit for their own purpose proprietary purposes i guess you could call it and then so you've really got to be careful in the ar10 world for sure um i've seen some mixed and matched ar10s that were just i mean do-it-yourself type setups that are horrible i mean huge gaps in between the upper and lower and just the handguards wasn't right just they were crazy so you know i can i can kind of understand kind of you know having to dip your toe in that and kind of get it right and there's nothing wrong with that no nothing wrong with that um what what aggravates me in talking with uh, you know i talk with companies and then you know i hear from other people i'll put out a video or we'll do a live or we'll do something and and what we do with uh uh, or what the feedback I get sometimes is like, oh, they need to make this, that, and this, that, and the other. Uh, and we're, we'll talk about the the Kiger, I'm sure the uh, the which you know Glock obviously has ripped you guys off on without a doubt. But um, you know, you know, you throw that out there, and you know, nine millimeter, you know, handgun, and immediately they're like, oh, you need to make this in forty five and forty and ten millimeter and this, that, and the other. It's like, whoa, like slow your old time out, like. It all has to start somewhere. So, you know, and uh, so like you said, with the AR-10, learning experience, right? Yep. Um, yep. Now, getting back to the AR-15 and then the AR-10, for those that may be curious, uh, what chamberings do you offer those platforms in? Um, so our big seller is obviously 223556. Um, we do 300 blackout. We do 68 special. Um those are our main ones. We got some 350 legend going. Um, and then when you get to AR 10, we got 308. Um, and that's it on the AR 10 platform. Okay. For right now. Okay. Um, oh, and we also do 762. Okay. Um, for the AR 15 platform. 762, 762 39. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great one for uh, those that like to go out and shoot pigs in the face. I'm just saying. It is. Uh, 762 39 ammo. Well, I don't know about ammo being cheap anymore. <laughs> maybe, maybe cheaper nowadays to go with uh, with some, something else. Uh, but uh, traditionally, anyway, uh, 7.62.39 has been cheap ammo. So you could definitely get out and, and spray some pigs. We got David out there with a, with a question about uh, key mod. He says, what is key mod? He says, I only know uh, Picatinny and M-Lock. So, um have you got Chase's key mod? Key mod is uh, an IKEA shelving unit pattern. Uh, it might as well be. It might yeah. as well be. Um, you want to you want to answer that, Kyle, or you want me to? Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, key mod just another mounting uh, platform, usually used on handguards. Um, it was a fad. I, I will say that <laughs> um, we got into the key mod game, and man, we were left with a lot of product on our shelf after that quickly went away it it looks like a keyhole and i mean depending on how old you are you've probably never even seen a keyhole <laughs> um but that's I, I don't know that that's why they called it a key mod because i honestly don't know the history that much but that's kind of how you can tell the difference it's got like a a circle and it's got like an oval out to one side so um to me it's always looked ugly anyway i've never um I've never had any any key mod stuff, and that's why I'm like that. Just looks horrendous. <laughs> yeah, it looks funny. <laughs> now we've got um, covered AR-15s, got the AR-10s, um, pistol caliber. 
So I've obviously got the AM9. Yep. Uh, loving it, by the way. The, my first, for those that don't know, uh, my first AR-style rifle in 9mm that I've been able to spend any kind of significant time with. Obviously, I've shot things through the gun shop and, you know, friends and range days and other things. Um, and I got to say, spoiler alert, because I hadn't really dropped a dedicated video on it yet, although it's been in a few videos so far. Uh, I'm liking it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Um, now, that was y'all's first foray, the 9mm, into pistol caliber, right? Correct. Okay. And are y'all, do y'all have any other calibers available? We do not. Not in the pistol okay. caliber. Um, we have been playing around with the idea of doing like a 40 Smith & Wesson okay. or something of that nature. But um, right now, sticking with the 9 mil, tried and true. You know, I, I wonder, because I'm not a fan of 40. I'm a 10 millimeter guy. If you do 40, that's fine. I, I think you need to stay in the closet with it, honestly, if you're, <laughs> if you're a 40 guy. But um, that's fine. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, okay, I'm going to judge. Never mind. <laughs> Take that back. Um, you see a lot of folks that get a 10 millimeter, and then they will, assuming it's a supported chamber, that's going to be the big thing. And then they'll run 40 in their 10 millimeter. And... So when you said that, it got me to thinking, would it be possible to build a pistol caliber carbine in 10 millimeter that had the supported chamber and you were able to do 40? Because I don't know if anybody's ever shot 40 in a 10 millimeter PCC. If you're in the live chat out there or if you're listening in replay, uh, chime in. Because I don't know if I've ever heard anybody do that. I've heard of people... Like I said, doing it in several handguns and stuff like that. Um, and the key to that is a supported chamber. But just a thought. I don't know. I mean, that would kind of give you two birds, one stone with caliber. I think maybe other than maybe a mag uh, change, it would be pretty much the same, the same platform. So I don't know. Possibly. That's a great question. Yeah. If anybody's in the live <laughs> chat that knows the answer to that, let me know. I, you know, I'm not an engineer. That's something I've never, I've never, I've never contemplated, never done. And I don't have any 10 millimeter carbines, so it's not like I can, I can try that or or test that out. Um, yeah, everything I got is nine. Like I said, and until the AM nine, it's been, um, you know, the Camp nine, uh, the Keltec, the um, the High Point. Of course, who doesn't have a High Point carbine? Good lord, like come on, uh, everybody can afford three of those. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like, I like everything about, um, the AM nine. So to see that grow into, you know, maybe some other calibers or some other variations or something like that, I think would be, would be really cool. Of course, we had the conversation at NRAM, um, and especially with the pistol brace thing, it's, it's uncertain right now. Who knows how that's going to turn out. Um, hopefully it turns out in our favor and it all goes away. That was all what we, I'm sure we want. And if you're sticking to the constitution, that's obviously what needs to happen. Um, so first let me ask you this, as far as the pistols and the pistol braces and that crazy nonsense going on, how has that affected you any, if at all? 
it, it hurt. It hurt, definitely. Um, it did affect us in a negative way just because we had so many pistols built on the shelf ready to ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that all changed in one day. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it's no secret that that's going to hurt you. Right. Um, and then, you know, you, you want to take you want to take these pistols and everything that you put all this work into these shows. But now when you display them on the wall, they just don't look right without that brace. <laughs> right. But, just to be right. honest with you, it, it, to me, it's an aesthetic thing. Um, obviously, we can change those up and make them into rifles or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, it definitely hurt. And it, it hurts the American people, to be honest with you. You're going to have to ask the government permission to own a firearm. Well, that's what it all boils down to. And right. It's not what we're set up to be. So, Right. Um, I lost my train of thought there because I kind of jumped subjects. What were we talking about before we got on to the, before we got onto that pistol caliber, we were talking about pistol caliber. We're talking about the 10 millimeter, the 40 thing got into that. It was something I was going to go with it. And I was thinking about, uh, Oh, the talking about the, the pistol braces. So, you know, one thing that I'm seeing um, some companies do, and I don't know if y'all have got demand like this. That's what I was going to ask. Are you seeing people that have bought pistols from you potentially that are contacting you for a barrel or wanting to go 16 inch with the barrel since they can do that and they don't have to worry about it basically? Cause you can't go from pistol to rifle. You just can't go from rifle to pistol. Correct. Yeah. And we have seen an uptick in 16 inch barrels and then, um, 14 and a half stuff like that. Yeah. So. Like, like pinned and welded. Yeah. flash hiders and stuff like that yeah very cool especially around when the band initially started they were right. they were flying off the show so right uh david out there says the only people i know that uh that do uh 40 in a 10 is glock and g23 says i own a few glocks i've never run 40 in a 10 uh, i run caliber specific um a lot of people run 40 in a 10 and like let's say glock 20 or glock 40 um the problem is the Glock 40 chamber is not supported unless you've got an aftermarket barrel in there. Um, so if you are doing that, be extremely cautious because a pistol cartridge, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Kyle, but I'm, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, a pistol cartridge is going to hit space on the, uh, on the case mouth. Because the 40 is shorter than a 10 millimeter, it obviously can't head space. And so your head space is going to be dependent upon the extractor. That's the point at which it, it, it head spaces. So um, it puts a little extra strain on the extractor. And if you have an extractor fail in a Glock, yeah, you're going to have issues. So I would say be, uh, be really careful doing that. Uh, I've done it before, I'll admit, just to see if it worked. <laughs> and in a and in an end world scenario, if all I could do, if all I had was my Glock 20 and all I could get was 40, obviously I would shoot it, right? But uh, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm just gonna run 10 millimeter it and be done. And and quite honestly, um, 10 millimeter is not as expensive as a lot of people think. Um, I picked up some not too long ago at you know, $22 or something like that, a box. And, you know, when nine millimeters running, you're 15 now. Like, that's not, to me, that's not an exorbitant cost. You know, not near like 44 Magnum would cost you, right? Right. <laughs> um, speaking of that, and speaking of, uh, of handgun calibers, the Kiger. So, uh, 
yeah, you guys are, uh, I'm sure planning all the lawsuits and everything else. Cause Glock ripped you off. And, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a story for another show. We won't get into all of that, you know, but, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the leading up to the, the Kiger, um, what were the thoughts behind that handgun? I mean, why did Anderson even attempt to do such a thing? So like we were talking about earlier, Clover, the AR 15 market started to get pretty flooded and, um, you know, that's where our bread and butter's at. Um, and we take a lot of pride in what we do, but at the same time, we're like, we need to branch out and start going different directions as well. Kind of make more of a diverse market for ourselves yeah. there. Sure. Um, so, I mean, we, um, we tabled it, we sat on it. Gosh, this is years in the making too. Um, gosh, we, we talked about doing a 1911 version, all kinds of different stuff. Uh, but when it came down to it, we chose to go with the, the design of what you see now, which is the Kiger. Um, it's a prove, proven platform. Um, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, and we didn't want to go through what we did with the AM10 and have those growing pains. Even though we still did have growing pains with the oh, original sure. Kiger 9C. Um, but now we know, you know, keep your ear to the streets, um, listen to your customers. And what they say is is the golden rule right there. So right. Um, we listened to the customer feedback when we initially launched the Kiger 9C. And um, shortly thereafter at SHOT Show, we launched the Kiger 9C Pro mm -hmm. that had all the upgrades that people were asking for. And um you know, we plan on just carrying that on as we kind of branch out and widen our handgun selection. Right. Now, are both of those models still available? Yeah, both of them are still available. Okay. AndersonManufacturing.com. The original, the original and the pro. Correct. Cool. Now, what would you, how would you classify the size of the Kiger? It's that, a compact, it's, compact it's, handgun. It's a compact. Okay. Okay. As I know people, well, you know, you got the, the, pocket pistols the minis and then you, you know you've got the compacts and the subcompacts and the it gets it gets uh it gets tough sometimes so it does. um yeah and the so the pro is uh what are the features of the pro over the the base model so the pro has the biggest feature that everybody's asked for is that rmr cut obviously right um i'm like I, i'm not a big optic guy but i get it i totally get it um at least on a handgun, not a big optic guy. Um, but we got the RMR footprint. We got the um, steel suppressor height sights as opposed to the plastic dovetail sights. Um, we did some lightning cuts on the side of the slide there, and then we poured it out the top. Um, that way it's a little bit lightweight, and that barrel has easy access to cool off quickly. Um, and, and, it looks, put, and it looks good. It, yeah, it definitely looks cool. Um, <laughs> right. And then um, we put enhanced controls on the uh, frame there, and that's the only difference between the frames. Okay. Okay. Now, G23 is asking a question. He said, Anderson's, the Kiger, is based off of the Gen 3. Uh, could he turn it into a 357 or, or 40S&W? Do you know of anybody doing conversions with the, with the Kiger? Uh, I do not personally. I don't want to speak on that because I would be speaking about something I know nothing. Yeah, about. It's, that's <laughs> same same here. So yeah, uh, definitely above my pay grade. Uh, G twenty three. I would, uh, yeah, I would do some serious Google poo. Uh, yeah, on that on that for sure. Uh, now as far as capacity, what do you? 
So it, it comes with a, uh, a 15 round PMAG. Um, okay. So you're looking at 15 plus one. Um, but as we all know, aftermarket, you can get, you know, the, <laughs> the extended clip. Whatever and, you want. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the, the feedback, um, you were talking about not having as much growing pains with the Kyger as you did with that, with that AM 10. Um, was that because of the customer feedback that you got from the base model to the, to the pro, or was that just, there was no rush because you guys didn't rush it to market? Um, I think a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both. Um, like I said, we definitely kept our ear to the street on this one. Um, really, really took customer feedback to heart and put it into the pro. Um, but yeah, at the same time, we, we didn't rush it. We took our time with it and we made sure it was tested. Um, and, and you're still going to be in a manufacturer. You're still going to have faulty parts that get out there somehow. Yeah. Um, but especially springs and stuff, the stuff that we were talking about, a lot of people don't don't understand that they'll look down on a, on a manufacturer or company because a spring fails, let's say, and that's a really common thing perhaps to having a spring that fails. Yeah. And at the end of the day, whether it's Anderson or anybody else, odds are they didn't make that spring. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It worked, it worked fine. It tested good. It got through Q, you know, QC at the factory, you know, but something was screwed up with it. And it's just, it's one of those things that happens. Um, you know, again, you get back into, you know, some of the people that, that just moan and complain to no end. And, and, you know, this is another thing that aggravates me is they'll, you know, they'll get something and something like a spring, right? $5, literally a $5 part, right? And they're contacting and now oh, it's warranty and I want to send it back and I want to get warranty. And I'm like, just buy a $5 spring. And like, you could probably go down to your local gun shop. They probably got one in the back. They'll sell it to you for five bucks. <laughs> you put it in, you're fixed. You're up and going. Like, why even bother over something like that? Hey, but I mean, it, it is our responsibility to give you a quality product. So we have no problem replacing that for you. We right, really right. No, I no, I understand that. And, and yeah. you know, the vast majority of companies are, are the same way. I mean, typically they'll take care of you with things like that. But I was just saying, my personal opinion, like if it's something, now don't get me wrong. If I pull the trigger, the slide comes apart and the, the barrel explodes or the, you know, something crazy like that, the frame cracks, like, okay, it's time to send this sucker back. But if it's a spring issue, I'm just going to go buy a spring. I'm not going to, if I don't yeah. have one laying around. And uh, that's one of the, the beautiful things of being the gun guys. I got a lot of springs laying around in bins and drawers, so it can, it can happen. I'm now, the same way, though. I'll, I'll try to fix it myself <laughs> before I contact anybody. Right, right. Uh, now, G23 uh, says, uh, does the clock, does the Kyger take Glock Max? Yes, yes, it does. So, so if somebody has a Glock, they can utilize the same magazine. So you can upgrade if you have a Glock, right? You can upgrade. You could definitely to upgrade. the Kyger. That's yep. what you do. Yeah. Um, now with the with the Kyger, you were talking about, you know, you guys don't do any plastic polymers in-house. Um, so how does that apply to the Kyger? It's on a polymer frame, Clover. Um <laughs> And like I said, this that's is just new. that's just sourced. Is what you're saying? It is. Um, it's sourced. Um, Saint Croix Tactical SCT. Oh, um, okay. We we worked with them for about a year developing this frame, and um, 
they're great guys, very innovative, very on the cutting edge of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we came up with the frame idea, their engineers and our engineers, all the big brains in one think tank, if you will. Oh, yeah. And um, they developed it. And SCT, you can find the same frame that you'll find on the Kyger on SCT's website with their stamping. And then ours, same thing, but it's got the Anderson horse on it. So Okay. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. It and was then, an awesome so, opportunity. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't expect you to to give away the farm as far as you know who was doing it or anything like that. I was just just curious because you had said earlier you guys don't do the the polymer yeah. stuff, and so I, I I didn't want to assume that it was farmed out. But you know that makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, it's important when you do that when you and you guys you can't talk about all the companies that you guys work with, work with and have worked with over the years, but it's a very, very long and distinguished list without a doubt. Yeah. That's something we're very proud of. It's one of those things where you're like so proud of it. You want to tell the world, but you can't, <laughs> you can't really do it. No, uh, I know you, you've said many times that, you know, there are people that talk about the poverty pony, right. And they'll, they'll badmouth Anderson and, and you're like, if they only knew the high dollar firearms, right. That had, you know, stuff that we built on it. Like you, you wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> yeah. It's like ghost says a lot of people own Anderson's and don't know they own Anderson's. <laughs> so yeah. Snob uh, out there. Snob out there. He, he's got, he's, he's, you're going to have to upgrade for snob. He says, well, I was going to buy a Kiger, but uh, it doesn't take high point mags. So <sighs> we're going to have hey. to have the high point version now. Apparently. I know I'm here on Anderson's behalf, but I've been checking out that yeet cannon. The yeet cannon, yeah, yeah. You they know, you know that's in a league, and I, you know, I don't think there's a bit of problem in the world working for a different manufacturer and and talking about a high point um, because they're in a niche that's really almost all their own. They really are. They're it's super ugly, and they know it. <laughs> But it runs, and they know it, right? It's got one heck of a warranty, and they know it, <laughs> you know? And it's cheap, and they know it, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. that's the good thing about High Point is they're not selling you anything, making you any promises, you know, nothing <laughs> like that. And what's crazy about it is it just works. Um, you know, if anybody ever came to me and they said, hey, I've got 200 bucks, you know, I need to buy a brand new, I want a brand new firearm. I don't want a, the potential of anybody's problems. I'm not going to buy a used one. I want to buy a brand new firearm. I want a lifetime warranty. Um, and, you know, I need it for home defense. High point. Who else are you going to go with? I mean, they're, they're in a league pretty much all their own with that. They really are. <laughs> They you really know, are. there's a lot of different manufacturers and other stuff. If you catch them on sale, right? Obviously, if you buy used or something like that, you could probably get in that right price range. But um, they just fit that niche so perfect, and that's what's that's what's what's great about them. Um, <laughs> Ghost out there, he says, "Question." He says, "Have you pitched the Pony Express? We've got to have that. That's got to be that's got to be something that's coming up. We want a." A double hammer for those that don't know the idea of the Pony Express. <laughs> we need a coach shotgun with double hammer, double trigger, and removable chokes. And Anderson, the uh, the Pony Express, I think is the is the way to go with that. <laughs> it definitely is, Clover, and we do we do need to make that happen. Uh, <laughs> to answer your question though, Ghost, that has not the pitch has not happened yet. 
I'm sure y'all have a few more irons in the fire, right? We do. We do. <laughs> and one of those is the bolt is the bolt actions. So, um, you know, we got to see those at Shot Show. Yep. And, and obviously had them had them at uh, in ramp. Uh, how are those coming along? Are those shipping yet? Are you taking orders on those yet? We're not taking orders. They're not shipping. Okay. Um, we're looking to launch in August now. Okay, so just um, working and, out the final kinks. Yes, sir. Awesome. We want to make sure when that hits the market, like it's where it needs to be. So. Right. And what are going to be, get, got any idea what the initial caliber chamberings are going to be for those? Yep. 308 and 65 Creedmoor. The two, the two most popular out there. Very awesome. Yeah, and are there going to be different tiers, different versions, kind of like there are with the, uh, you know, with the AR platform stuff, or how you're going to work that? You're going to have like base models and kind of go up from there, or is it going to be all, pr- you know, premium, ultra, you know, high dollar stuff, or how's that going to work? Um, that part I don't necessarily know quite yet. Um, I okay. do know that when they first come out, they're going to be made strictly for righties, um, but we do have a plan in place. Within the three months of the launch, we hope to have a lefty out as well. Right. So. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if you guys were going to go, you know, hey, okay, we've got a synthetic stock option. We've got a, but this one over here is going to be the chassis option, which obviously would be more expensive and stuff like that. But then again, that's a personal thing too. So a lot of people that are buying a high end, you know, very capable bolt action rifle. I know a lot of guys that buy, uh, they buy a barreled action, right? And that's what, that's honestly what they start with. So, Hey, um, and that, that's what the initial launch is going to be Clover. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the okay. initial launch is going to be a barreled action. <laughs> right. Right. Here's what matters. Put what you like on it and, and go. Yeah. And I, I, like I really that. like that. I really like that. Cause you can pick the chassis that you want that fits you right. or stock or however you want to run yeah. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what for those that are you know thinking about it is it is the act, barreled action based on a, a known pattern or you know so if they're gonna the think about a stock or whatever. Yeah, seven hundred Remington pattern. Okay, okay, pretty standard. Uh, of course, doing it a whole lot better than Remington. Boy, Remington's really. And I hate it because once once upon a time, I mean the Remington seven hundred. And I'm talking about specifically Remington. I'm not talking about the pattern. Uh, one heck of a, one heck of a rifle, and it just gradually <laughs> declined over the years and the decades, where it was just it was horrible. They were horrible. So um, when you see companies that do custom stuff like you guys are doing, which I consider that I know that's going to be a main production line for you guys, but I still consider it a more of a custom, you know, 700 action. Oh yeah, it, it's definitely a different setup too for assembly purposes and all that. Like just seeing that build up, like that's pretty cool to watch. Right now, um, y'all have obviously done some testing with the bolt rifles and stuff like that. Um, optimal barrel links. You think there's going to be a variety of barrel links available, or how's that going to work? There's definitely going to be a variety of barrel links. Let me check this out real quick. I, all right. I don't have the barrel links on my little fact sheet, but I know we're gonna do twenty inch, twenty four inch. Okay. Um, Those really are something pretty... that you can get full the full spin before it leaves that barrel. Yeah, twenty and twenty four is is pretty standard. So, uh, yeah, David says I'm still surprised Remington is still standing. 
Uh, sure, missing a leg, but still standing. Uh, not so much with Remington firearms. Uh, the ammunition when they sold when Remington was split up, uh, they were split up and the various parts sold to various companies. And um, Vista, I believe, picked up the ammunition side, uh, and they are producing Remington ammunition. They got that back up and running. But I haven't seen anything. Have you, Kyle, from Remington since they sold out? I have not. I have not. I remember seeing like some of the Remington custom stuff back yeah. in the day, and that's really cool. Really nice bolt axes, everything blueprinted, and yeah. Those days are over, though. Sadly, <laughs> sadly. Yeah. Um, but even in that, I mean, I've I know people that you know it's really tricky. I mean, making a nice bolt rifle is tricky. Um, I've got a Savage Model Ten. Um. And it was Savage Sharpshooters, Blueprint of the Action, done all that with it. Um, it's in a H&S Precision stock. It's nice. It's it's one heck one heck of a rifle. And I know I could not tell you, and this is why I say Remington, even the custom stuff. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see what y'all's version, y'all's bolt version built on that pattern is, is capable of doing um my savage just you take it to the range and you have people that have the custom 700s and and i couldn't tell you where they got them from right they may have just throw together some parts <laughs> their local gun shop may have you know screwed a barrel onto an action and put it in it who knows right but my savage would just eat their lunch all day long i've never seen a 700 that would hang with my yeah. savage so um, and that just speaks to, I think the quality that has fallen off with, with the 700. So it's good to see a company, I guess is where I'm going with that. It's good to see a company using that pattern and putting a lot of thought into the quality of the design. Yeah. And a lot of thought. <laughs> yeah. Now chase out there. Okay. Thanks chase. And chase would know. He said the new rim arms, uh, which is, uh, where they restructured, are uh, making 700, 783, 870, and Versamax now. So there you go. Did not uh, did not know that. So uh, hopefully they're doing a much better job than uh, the last few years or so. <laughs> um, now, Chase is, you were talking about the retro stuff uh, earlier. So well, I'm just saying I need a fixed A2 carry handle, uh, Dissy in God's plaid, M81 Woodland. <laughs> So. God's blood. That's good. <laughs> now, carry handle uppers, are those difficult to machine, or can you even machine them? Is there anybody making them that you know of? Um, Not that I know of. Um, I know I, I know Palmetto State has the fixed um, uppers. Uh, we, we're having a hard time sourcing the forgings for something like that. That's, right. that's our difficulty. Yeah. Um, cause it's definitely been tabled. Like, like we were talking about the retro is that's what's in now in the AR world. Well, and I don't know enough about the process and maybe somebody again out there in the chat does. And if you do chime in or, or, or throw a comment, um, I'm guessing the process for forging is more involved, right. Than the process, than machining. 
Um, I, I honestly, I don't know much about the forging process to be honest. Yeah, it says me. I don't either, but it sounds like it's more involved. So like, why would they tool up, right? The, the forges for something like a carry handle. It kind of makes sense. Like other than the people that are liking and wanting the retros, the vast majority of folks probably want the thing to be optics ready. Yeah. And, and that's what we're working with now is we got the standard pick rail up on the top of the upper um, and we can attach a carrying handle. Sure. And so. they, they make some, cause I've got one, I've got a carry handle on, you know, a lot of the carry handles have the big bolt knobs on the side yep. where you attach them. I've got one. And <laughs> the way I did it is instead of having the big bolt knob, um, I went and found some just local hardware store and was able to find them. I found some machine screws. And so it's a little more streamlined look. You know what I mean? It doesn't have the yeah the quick detaching knobs on it. So if you're out there and you like the carry handle style and the look, but you want to slim down that profile a little bit, uh, pull out those those bolts that have the big knobs on the end. Take those to your local hardware store. Hopefully you have one. Dig through the bolt pins, right? <laughs> Find something that matches up thread-wise. Screw it in there and you're done. Now, it's not going to come off quick. You're going to have to have a screwdriver to get it off. But, you know, if you're putting it on there for an actual carry handle, you know, for that type of a of a style, odds are, since I've installed that one on that particular rifle, because I, I did that for the aesthetic look, right? Yeah. And since I put it on that rifle, it's never been off. I've never took it off or anything. So, you know, why would I? That's um, a great tip. <laughs> yeah. What, what else? Uh, what else we got as we come into the to the top of the hours? Anything that we haven't talked about that we need to um, between now and the end of the year? Any shows you guys have coming up that you're making? Oh yeah. Um, between now and the end of the year, that's a good question. Uh, we're doing the Kentucky Elk Fest. Okay. Uh, for all you Kentuckians, if there's anybody in the chat that's from Kentucky, uh, come on or out. Close. To What's that? Or close. Or close. Yeah. Come on out to uh, Kentucky Gun Co. We'll be at Elk Fest. We'll be set up there. Um, we love Kentucky Gun Co. Obviously, us Kentuckians got to stay together. But um, right. that that right now is the only show I know of. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, all the way up till Shot Show. Wow. Okay. So um, obviously, we're going to try to get some range days and stuff like that, um, and hit some different events. But right now, that's the only one on the schedule. Yeah. And that's uh, May 13th. Right. So. And that's not uncommon. I mean, for those that are unaware, typically you got SHOT Show. Uh, you got the overseas, I can't remember the name of it, but the overseas SHOT Show, basically, <laughs> the international one. Uh, yeah. Great American Outdoors, NRA, kind of all happens right there, kind of the first of the year, the first few months, and then it, it dwindles off. But that's good for you guys, too. If you guys had to go to shows every month or every other week or something like that, you wouldn't have time to work on the cool stuff that you're putting out. That's, that's kind right. of the point. So got time to uh, to work on it and refine it. So let's uh, let's jump in before we close this out, Kyle. Let's have a little fun, man. All right. So um, who's the GOAT, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Uh, if I was to give you one of these, which one would you prefer, a Bronco or a Blazer? Bronco. Uh. If you could, which would you rather do, climb Mount Everest 
or dive down the Mariana Trench? Mariana Trench, because I, I feel like that's unexplored. Uh, yeah, you're liable to find something. Yeah, it might be the new Kyle fish down there. You never know, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's see. So what else we got? Oh, steak fingers or chicken strips? What is a steak finger? I'm going chicken strips. Really? You don't know what a steak finger is? Wow, okay. I'll take the full steak. I don't want the finger. Y'all don't have... <laughs> Y'all don't have Dairy Queens around there? Oh, we got Dairy Queens. The Orange Julius is too. Dude, jump into Dairy Queen and get the steak finger basket, bro. Come on. I'm, I, hey, I might scoop that up tonight. That It doesn't sound bad. I've just never had it. So. It's good. It's, it's, picture, picture chicken strips, but chicken fried steak. Okay. Yeah. I've had some country fried steak before. Yeah. So, so just, yeah. just picture it in finger form and you're good. Uh, pancakes or waffles? Oh, you're going to hate me for this, Clover. I don't like either of those. I don't really? like syrup. Okay. Yeah. I, I usually, you don't like syrup. Okay. So, so you couldn't eat pancakes with peanut butter or with some kind of whipped cream and strawberries or. Let's go with waffles. We'll go with waffles because I used to eat those frozen <laughs> Eggos all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah but you blue. don't like syrup. So, what'd you do? Just butter them up and eat them? Clover, you're going to think this is disgusting, but I'd eat those things frozen. The blueberry egg. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't I don't think that. I got a brother-in-law that will take ramen noodles out of the package, sprinkle the powder on it, and eat it like a cracker. I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it. <laughs> I haven't tried it. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Uh, French fries or tater tots? Fries. Um, you prefer to carry inside the waistband or outside the waistband? Inside the waistband. You prefer to carry a folding knife or a fixed blade knife? Fixed blade. Yeah, I would prefer, but I find myself <laughs> carrying the fold because it's too convenient to carry I'm a folding. The same way, yeah. You know we're, I'm, I'm carrying the folding knife all day. But I'd much rather have a fixed blade on me, to be I'm honest with you. There's just so much more you can do with it, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of answers out there in the chat. Um, yeah, let's close this thing out. Um, if folks want to know more about Anderson, if they want to follow you on the socials, obviously I've got a link down below. So check out that. That'll get you to uh, somewhere. But all the socials, the website, everything else, where can they go? What can they uh, look at? Um, so we got AndersonManufacturing.com. That's our website. Um the big thing right now at Anderson is the Cerakote of the month. So this month we got the Dark Horse, which is a dark multi-cam, kind of with our own little spin on it. Make sure you guys go check that out. Um, on social media, on all the platforms, you can find us at Anderson Manufacturing. That'll uh, that'll work. Uh, yeah. Kyle, thanks for uh, coming on, bro, and hanging out for a little while. Uh, appreciate it. As time moves on, uh, you guys get the uh, bolt rifles into production. You come out with that uh, Pony Express shotgun, for example. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll get you back in, and we'll we'll talk some more, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Clover. I do have one saved round. Uh, <laughs> July one. Look for the dissipator to drop. Oh, nice. Good deal. Good deal. Put that on the calendar, everybody. And uh, yeah, with that, we're going to uh, get the heck out of here for uh for this one 
for next week. Next week is going to be the last week of the Clover Tech podcast. I think we got Jeff from Gear Report in the house, and then we'll have Chase, who was out there tonight, uh, from EAA in the house. And we might have a special guest uh, on uh, Thursday with Chase. We might have a special guest that drops by for a minute. I can't confirm that yet. So you'll have to tune in and, uh, and of course, see. I want to say thanks uh, again to MTM Case Guard. You guys are familiar. I don't have to talk about them any more than that. Go check out mtmcase-guard.com. And uh, if you do decide to buy anything, you'll get 10% off with CloverTac. It's pretty much that simple. Uh, thanks for uh, hanging out with us on a Thursday. If you have hung out with us on a Thursday, then uh, have a uh, great weekend. And again. Happy Star Wars Day, and may the Force be with you. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out CloverTac.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the CloverTac Podcast.